Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black.
There you go. Hey, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. I don't know if this thing's not working. For some reason, I, I got to get rid of this. Yeah, that that is a problem. Because that's not even hooked up to it. But this, if I cut this thing on, I probably would get some reception. If I cut it off, I won't. This is all screwed up, y'all. Yeah. We gotta, we're going to be, uh, Square this away here shortly. Hey y'all, welcome. We're late getting out here, y'all. We we don't know. We have some tech, technical difficulties. We've been running all day. Well, welcome to High School Black Forum. Though it's 
July 20th, 2013. Got a great, great show for you this evening. Just apologize once again for uh, keeping you all waiting. How y'all doing out there in cyberspace? Yeah, been out and about. Uh, wow, so much, so, so much is happening in the world, y'all. We, we've been following uh, uh, the Trayvon Martin story there. Uh, we Last week, that verdict didn't come down until about an hour after we had uh, got off off the air. Uh, and we we uh, said that we'd come back this week and uh, kind of kick it around. And sure enough, today uh, we found ourselves uh, down <laughs> in the midst of uh, one of the uh, uh, Protest or uh, I guess the solidarity uh, uh, rallies around the country here in Atlanta. We went down there at uh, twelve o'clock today, just so having to rain on us, but uh, nice, nice crowd down there uh, in support of uh, justice, uh, justice for all. Uh, on behalf of uh, Trayvon Martin's family, and uh, to try to uh, get some justice out of uh, what happened to us. Young American who was uh, gunned down uh, while walking uh, uh, back to his uh, place of uh, residence. Uh, uh, gunned down for no uh, for no reason. So we and uh, the person that uh, gunned him down, George Zimmerman, was found uh, not guilty. By a jury of his peers, I, I mean, uh, certainly there was no men on the jury, so it was all ladies. I mean, I suppose you consider that a jury of his peers in Florida. Uh, you could have as few as six jurors, apparently. I thought uh, that uh, you'd have to have uh, 12 jurors. Uh, certainly here in Georgia, you would have for a uh, uh, murder charge, um, second degree or otherwise, still would have to have 12 jurors. But, but in Florida, uh, they only had six, six white uh, females found uh, George Zimmerman not guilty of um, second degree manslaughter or, or second degree murder uh, or uh, manslaughter. Uh, needless to say, it caused the uh, that uh, uh, caused quite a uh, quite a stir in the uh, country. Not not only just the uh, uh, African American community, but uh, throughout uh, the country. I mean, remember what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said: that justice anywhere is a threat to justice anywhere. So people realize that that's a one of those uh, truths that the whole uh, true uh, throughout the society. So, yeah, we got a lot of Americans of uh, European descent upset with that uh, verdict. And uh, as there's in the Justice Department right now, they got a move on, a movement on. Uh, coming from uh, the NAACP, they got over a million signatures. Yeah? Got over a mig- million signatures, including mine, the Hushbo, uh asking the Justice Department to go and look at. Uh, and see whether or not uh, young Trayvon Martin's uh, civil rights uh, 
was violated by this adult, well, Mr. George Zimmerman, I understand, uh, what appears to me, this young kid who was not even old enough yeah, to uh, buy a gun uh, to defend himself. Now, in the state of Florida, 17, he can't go buy a gun, so he couldn't have armed himself. So uh, when Mr. George Zimmerman is uh, carrying this uh, weapon of mass destruction, that's what a 9 millimeter automatically is. Uh, that's a weapon of mass destruction, no doubt. Uh, uh, he's carrying this uh, weapon of mass destruction, uh, stalking uh, this young kid who's unable to defend himself, scared to death. Scared to death, yeah. Wondering why in the world this uh, strange uh, individual is stalking him. He 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 trying to get back home. Trayvon Martin's trying to get back home. Uh, you know, eating Skittles and uh, drinking the soda. Scared, never. He, he, he on the phone trying to call somebody to let them know that uh, somebody is uh, stalking him. And uh, I need some kind of support. If there's nothing more than uh, verbal support here on this phone until uh, I can get my bearings to see what's going on. But right now, I'm, uh, this young kid is... Uh, He's terrified. He's terrified. And uh, when Mr. George Zimmerman, against the orders of uh, authority, uh, chose to stop his vehicle and get out. <laughs> Imagine what the um, young Freeman, he done got out of his vehicle and... and <laughs> And uh, really uh, approaching him now, uh, and seventeen-year-old uh, uh, George Zimmerman, a month past the sixteenth birthday, got uh, uh, murdered uh, uh, that night in the preceding. In the proceedings, uh, so, uh, segments of this uh, awful, awful uh, uh, event here, you know? he got killed, and all he was doing was walking back home, eating a bag of skis. Pretty Martin don't deserve to be dead. Racism, racism played a big part in it, you know, and it's the only way, uh, that's what my, uh, that's my perspective. Anyway, racism played a uh, big part in prosecutors said it had nothing to do with racism. She couldn't be more wrong. Not intentionally uh, misleading, uh, maybe, but apparently racism still is uh, in vogue uh, in the nation in a certain percentage of uh, our society. A certain percentage of our society throughout a cross-section of it, from rich to poor. Racism exists today and effect has a a negative effect on uh, every part of this American society here in uh, 
2013. Racism today has a negative effect on every part of our uh, democracy here, yeah? Today. Hey. We, you know, we, (laughs) there's no getting around it. Now, we, as a people, as a community, American Direct has to challenge um, the notion that uh, Trayvon Martin incident was not uh, racially motivated. Uh, uh, we got to uh, 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 contest that uh, uh, opinion with all our might. Yeah. Yeah, because we know, just looking at our history, we know uh, subconsciously, maybe not overt, uh, uh, George Zimmerman's action may not have been overt. But then the uh, totality of uh, the story uh, within uh, uh, our uh, history here in the country, American Zachman said, uh, racism played a big part, and not only that, was a central part in why young uh, Trayvon Martin is dead today, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he was profiled because of his race. No other reason that uh, uh, subconsciously uh, uh, George Zimmerman uh, decided to call 911 and refer to him as a thug. If it had been a white uh, young uh, boy, 17, that George Zimmerman encountered with a hoodie on, he would have never, ever called 911 and referred to him as a thug. No way. He, he wouldn't have did it. So he just wouldn't have did it. That wouldn't have uh, uh, popped into his mind. So, yeah, uh, racial profiling went on. Uh, uh, from the outset, maybe subconsciously, but remember uh, when I write and I write my new book, Racism and Hate, y'all, is coming out. I uh, uh, contend that uh, racism from uh, 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 400 years of our history uh, is such a pervasive uh, uh, sinister. Uh, elixir that today not only is it still uh, around, but 20% of Americans uh, of European descent acquire it genetically. <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, uh, it's crazy, but yeah. University of Texas, y'all, back in 2009, did a study on uh, whether or not your baby, six-month-old baby, has on the cover. Newsweek magazine suggesting that uh, your baby could come into this world prejudice. And uh, so that let me know that, uh, yes, indeed, uh, racism could, in fact, be passed on genetically and probably is. Uh, and it's cuts uh, along uh, economic, all economic uh, stratas here in the country, yeah, risk the poor. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum, y'all. We're rambling on here. We're late getting out here. We're trying to cram it all in, but y'all got the Hushmore here. 
driving this train this evening. We're going to take a quick break now that we're out here. Take us for a while to get going, y'all. But once we get started, <laughs> you know how we are. When we get started, ain't no, uh, you got to run us out of here. But yeah, we're going to share some uh, more uh, views on uh, where we're at today uh, in the country uh, as it uh, uh, relates to uh, the tragedy that uh, was uh, uh, killing of uh, young Trayvon Martin. We're going to be right back. uh, Y'all hang in there. Uh, You got me in the hash mark. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Excellent type form, man. We, uh, I need to turn something down. This thing is about to, uh, blow my eardrums out here. We, we still struggling with our, uh, with our setup here, y'all. We, we got it together, though. Welcome to the High School Black Forum. Saturday, July 20th, 2013, y'all. You know what we do out here? We have a cake for social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not, not because uh, we don't love everybody. We love everybody. It's just uh, by extension, have to be part of uh, that community. And, uh, yeah. But we advocate for social justice for justice for everybody. Our model to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Without necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder. We we really don't like to to do to go there. Try to keep everything on the even keel out here. As best we can. We we're dealing with uh, Trayvon Martin and, uh this evening, uh the verdict uh, rented down there in Florida uh, has a profound effect on uh, not only the Martin family, but uh, the society at large. The society at large. I mean, it uh, obviously is uh, uh, a case of injustice. That's, you know, there's nowhere in our civil society today that uh, an individual should be able to, an adult should be able to, uh, uh, with no other authority than, uh, with no authority, period, to uh, kill and murder uh, our kids uh, and uh, not uh, face an illegal recrimination uh, criminal uh, recrimination uh, from that act of the society uh, that our democracy shouldn't uh, allow for that. It cannot allow for that. That is a breakdown in our uh, our democracy here, yeah? Is what it amounts to. Oh, absolutely. That is a breakdown there's a breakdown in our democracy. I mean, I, I, I can't make I can't make anything up. That is a breakdown in our democracy when an adult can stalk and kill and murder a now. Uh, and faced no uh, faced no punishment for, or didn't uh, wasn't convicted of uh, some kind of a criminal act here. You know. It's a breakdown in our uh, democracy. It's what it amounts to. I, I uh, in my in my new research uh, in my research rather for my new book, uh, racism and hate in American reality. Was the title of it? I changed the title uh, from American Reality to um, an American Dilemma. 
uh, is the title of it. That we'll be going to the uh, my uh, publisher here next week. Uh, I found doing research. I found uh, this great, great uh, uh, st- study <laughs> about uh, this uh, an American uh, dilemma. The Negro problem in modern democracy. (laughs) Uh, Done in 1944, yeah. The Negro problem in modern democracy. This study, done by one Mr. Gunner Murdahl, yeah. Y'all check this out. This is just for uh, Facebook friends. How y'all doing? We uh, The husband was talking about Trayvon Martin and where we are as a society and indeed as uh, our community, where we stand in the society today here in 2013, because we uh, certainly there has been an emotional uprising within the community trying to figure out, what. first of all, what happened, how does it happen, and where did we go from here? And uh, uh, there's all kinds of uh, different opinions out there on exactly what course of action uh, the uh, African-American community need uh, to be taking here uh, in light of this uh, injustice as we see it. And certainly uh, it wasn't injustice here. Uh, uh, So, yeah, we had this big uh, rally today in Atlanta and throughout uh, the country in various cities here today. Hundreds of thousands of people, probably at the end of the day, to count uh, out, you know, protesting, seeking some kind of uh, a justice for uh, Trayvon Martin here. Uh, B. Uh, the Hushmore Black Forum. Uh, uh, first of all, we advocate for reparation and have been since we've been out here uh, uh, since 2008 and years before then, but just out here on the Hushmo Black Forum, we are a strong advocate in reparation for Americans of African descent, especially those and directly uh, to those who were born in this country prior to 1954, such as myself. I was born here in 1945 in the state of Georgia, uh, Hampton, Hampton, Georgia, Henry County down in 1945. Uh, started school in Henry County in 1951 with no 14th Amendment rights. That's what it amounts to, yeah. All rendered uh, that way by the separate equal laws here in Georgia. Codified nationally, by the way, by Plessy versus Ferguson there in 1886. That's back, yeah. Classic codified all the separate equal laws throughout the South, rendering all Americans of African descent second class citizens, what it said, or, or uh, what Classic said. They were socially inferior. Said that Americans of African descent could be classified as socially inferior and separated out of society. uh, Not only did it say that, they did it and practiced it. 
until 1954, and then after 1954, legally, Brown overturned Plessy. Today, you wouldn't think it. Today, looking at the the workings of the judicial system in the South, and uh, it's repeating itself over and over again from Louisiana to Florida to Alabama to Mississippi, all kinds of uh, craziness is going on. And it appears to me, out here on the Hushmo platform, just my own little research here, y'all, it appears to me that those southern states are operating under the auspices of Plessy, which said that uh, the 14th Amendment could not protect you, Americans of said, if you were condemned, uh, considered to be a cook be considered socially inferior. The 14th Amendment could not protect you, and the society had a right to drag Homer Plessy, the American Vacuumist said, off that train and lock him up. And lock him up. Because he was in there uh, trying to sit next to uh, some white people on the train. Yeah. Hey, it, it, that that ain't you know. Plessy, the separate equal laws, the Jim Crow laws of uh, this country, was not just about integrating the schools. Yeah, it was just it wasn't just about integrating the schools. It was about in a totality taking away all. 14th Amendment rights, uh, uh, all rights of American rights are guaranteed by 14, the 14th Amendment. As soon as the Civil War was over and they put that 14th Amendment in there, uh, the Old South uh, set out to dismantle it and take the ex-slaves' rights away. And they did. They succeeded. Uh, first of all, they went at it uh, uh in all kind of ways. First, remember, they denied and deprived the ex-slaves of some 46 million acres of land uh, that uh, was created under the Southern Homestead Act in 1866 that stayed on the books of Congress, stayed on the books of uh, uh, this government, federal government, for 10 years. Uh, the Southern Homestead Act, which had set aside 46 million acres of property in five southern states was the law of the land, much like and equal to the Homestead Act of 1862 that gave away over 240 million acres to uh, Americans of European descent in the West, period. Gave it away, allowing uh, the self-fulfilling prophecy of the American creed to even uh, sustain itself, by the way, y'all, against uh, the almighty Constitution here. Y'all don't know, but in my book, Racism and Hate, An American Dilemma, I I, I kind of break down the mental argument, uh, or or not not an argument, but my little uh, take on where we are today as a society as it relates to... uh, uh, American backwardness and, and, and you know, how we got here in the, the society in general. And uh, it has to do with uh, uh, these 
self-fulfilling prophecies that uh, the country found itself uh, uh, entwined in. And uh, to tell you, I suggest there's three of them uh, from the inception of this country. One being the greatest of them all, the moral uh, self-fulfilling prophecy was that of uh, the American creed uh, that Thomas Jefferson so eloquently uh, 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 formulated in the self-evident truth uh, that all men are uh, created equal. And from that equal creation, they derive rights inherent and unalienable among which are the preservation of life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. That became a self, uh, that became the American creed, y'all, that first uh, paragraph of uh, Declaration of Independence uh, they rolled out in 1776, July 4th, uh, after uh, uh, declaring independence from uh, England. The American creed started out as uh, this moral, uh, this American uh, uh, creed there, that all of men uh, was created equal by their creator, invoking the man upstairs. Huh? you got to be careful. you got to be careful when you uh, bring the man upstairs in, into your, uh, into your, Ooh, into your doctrines for uh, governing and stuff like that. You got to be careful because the man upstairs don't play. Once you uh, find, uh, enter into some kind of uh, arrangement, if you will, covenant or whatever, uh, with the man upstairs, that thing is laid in concrete, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, right there it says, uh, yeah, uh, all men are created equal. By uh, their creator, with an uh, uh, inherent rights, among which are the preservation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, that thing, uh, first of all, self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. You know, uh, in most instances, start out uh, a lie. And I talked to some peers today. So, well, lie is kind of a strong uh, uh, accusation there. Maybe not a lie, but uh, uh, not a whole truth. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now, the creators of this country, the former, uh, the ones that wrote Thomas Jefferson and the crew, they knew that when he formulated that uh, uh, self-evident, uh, truths that they owned slaves. So they knew uh, when they said that all men was created equal, they knew that was a, a contradiction in their own uh, uh, environment there. So that started out as a misnomer. Okay. That, <laughs> But it was an undeniable truth. <laughs> Y'all listening? Yeah, that all men uh, was created equal was an undeniable truth in in reality. Uh, everybody bought into it throughout the history of the country became the American creed, 
creed. They could uh, go to war and say, yeah, everybody in my country uh, is created equal uh, through the uh, uh, divine uh, blessings of God Almighty himself. There it is. Oh, wow, that's, that's every day. All the slaves bought into it. Uh, they know they were slaves and in a terrible position, but after uh, some hundred years of uh, slavery and being indoctrinated into uh, Christianity, they uh, fully bought into that American creed, even though they were at the bottom of a totem pole in, caught up in another self-fulfilling prophecy that was racism. <laughs> hey, y'all. Yeah. They not only was caught up in this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of the American uh, creed, which they bought into, and uh, uh, found that uh, uh, to their liking, uh, they couldn't come up with a better, uh, <laughs> a better uh, uh, a prophecy, uh, one that uh, say that. Uh, you are equal <laughs> to everybody else and uh, uh, seek to preserve uh, uh, your life and liberty in the pursuit of your happiness equally with everybody else. That's the American Creed, simple and plain. Plain and simple, y'all. Everybody wanted to that. Racism <laughs> came in as a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, because uh, the enslavers, uh, Needed a mechanism to uh, uh, create uh, uh, this uh, society with uh, half of uh, the people uh, a different race. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what went on in the south. This country, uh, half half the uh, people in the country for uh, two hundred years uh, was uh, African slaves. In the social society, half of the citizens uh, were slaves and of a different race. How? How was this intermingling uh, uh, going to work within the society? How? Uh, it's hard, you know, if you uh, just have the population. How you go, you know, really police and these other half, these other half, uh, uh, and uh, at the same time, they had to devise a scheme to. Uh, they did devise a scheme to uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to uh, you know uh, to uh, come to uh, their uh, a need. They devised uh, uh, the scheme that uh, uh, was uh, predicated on racism. Yeah, racism played a big part because they needed a a way to uh, to uh, set the society up in a way that would uh, appease to uh, not only uh, the a few rich slave owners but the majority of uh, poor uh, uh, white folks. So they came up with this ra- uh, racism thing where they strip, first of all, the slaves of uh, First of all, they have to control these slaves. They can't keep chains on them. They, they, uh-uh. they have to get control of their man. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. They had to get control of the African's man. I said, 
and they well, slowly over two generations they just about uh, accomplished this uh, by uh, stripping away their uh, language, their uh, culture, the names, and uh, just everything about their uh, 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 former uh, uh, social uh, uh, workings uh, back there in Africa. My folks, for instance, my DNA come from uh, Nigeria, the Yoruba tribe of folks over there. They were, uh, around that time, 16th century, they were uh, one of the higher, uh, on the social order in uh, Nigeria in 1600, the Yoruba folks was uh, pretty high uh, up in the uh, social order. So there's no... uh, uh, White folks, and remember, I told you uh, most uh, self-fulfilling prophecies start out a lie, or at the very uh, more generous uh, uh, term, uh, uh, an inaccurate uh, uh, prophecy. Uh, but in time, we'll uh, uh, gravitate to uh, its original. Uh, uh, definition uh, in in our case here racism here in this country uh, they, uh, the racism involved uh, uh, an allegation and a lie that, that the African was inferior to uh, the whites here in the country they were inferior humans uh, on a social level At the, on a social they were socially inferior that's what the racism was about that's how they uh, perceived the African slaves and, and got away with it. They did it. They perceived them as socially inferior. From 1619 now, we're going forward here until the Civil War. We're talking about 200 and, uh, 250 years. Huh? Damn near 250 years of this racist indoctrination uh, uh, uh of the African slaves into the American society. I mean, by that time, the Civil War, you know, we had over 5 million uh, blacks that went through this stuff for 200 years. They were, in fact, at the end of the Civil War, that self-fulfilling uh, prophecy that there was racism that had started some 200 years prior had fulfilled the prophecy. And uh, what was left, uh, what we had in 1865, now listen what we had in 1865 was 5 million illiterate ex-slaves. Uh, 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 95% of them was illiterate, couldn't read. Couldn't read. So that self-fulfilling prophecy of racism accomplished its feat, and uh, uh, the lie that was
no matter who the president is, now I hope the same, you know. You can't uh, you can't go and uh, change it. The Constitution is not easily a change, though. Oh no, that thing's crazy. You can't just go change it. So we we caught up today in my view, and I write about it in my book, Racism and Hate, y'all, an American Dilemma, coming out shortly. Uh, about uh, this uh, triangle that. Uh, that's gripping the nation. This triangle of self-fulfilling prophecies that's in play and at work uh, in con- conflict with each other, in serious conflict with each other, yet needing, yet each one providing a certain uh, necessity to. Uh, 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 for survival, for survival of uh, the uh, society, you know these three self-fulfilling prophecies: one being the American creed, the other being racism, the other being the Constitution. Those three, we uh, break them all down, y'all, and uh, kind of show you how they interact uh, with each other and uh, within society. Uh, Pretty much, uh, when either of those things, uh, each one of those things have uh, its own imperfections, and uh, Professor Peter, Professor uh, David, Vygorsky wrote about it. Our democracy back in Nelton in 1948, when he observed that uh, the imperfections of uh, our democracy are at all times a very serious affair. They are particularly serious at times of social crisis, for they then become the weak links in our social structure against which the attack on democracy is launched. This is the imperfections of our democracy. Namely racism, namely uh, namely racism. For the most part, they go on and he says it. They become the nuclei around which and out of which reaction and hatred begin to develop. This is uh, the imperfections of the democracy. Any examination of American democracy will immediately reveal that its most serious imperfections lie in those areas where considerations of race, color, creed, or national origin operate to deny to people their full and legitimate rights. Some years ago, someone profoundly remarked that fascism finds democracy vulnerable Precisely where democracy ceases. In the United States, democracy too frequently has ceased. In the United States, democracy too frequently has ceased at the boundaries of race, 
color and creed. Wow, that's heavy, y'all. This is God looking at the imperfections of uh, democracy here, y'all. All having to do with uh, uh, racism, yeah. Yeah, that's where uh, that's the weak link in uh, our democracy. Always has been, and always will be until uh, it's eradicated. Oh yeah, always has been and always will be until it's eradicated. Now that's obviously it's harder uh, done than said. It's easier said than done uh, to eradicate all the racism out of society right now. Uh, dealing with uh, Trayvon Martin and uh, 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 the president being African-American racism is front and center. It is front and center, and there's no hiding from it. You can't hide from it because it's out in the open. Uh, I, for one, believe we have to, uh, Americans of African descent, have to uh, not only uh, defend our position in the society, but uh, go on the offensive uh, in this uh in this uh, struggle, we have to go on the offensive, yeah. One of the way, uh, uh, ways to do that, in my mind, is to demand reparation for all Americans of African descent born prior to 1954. For all Americans of African descent born prior to 1954. Are legitimate parts of a class of Americans who was injured by Plessy versus Ferguson. Yeah, I don't care if you was in the South. Obviously, if you was born like me in Georgia in 1945, I have a, a, a grievance with uh, the state of Georgia and the federal government, but uh, all. Americans of African descent born in this country, whether you, uh, you be in the South or North, born here prior to 1954, was injured by the separate equal laws codified by uh, Plessy in 1896, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Brown said uh, that uh, was a the Brown versus Board of Education said that it was a case of and Americans of African descent won that case. Should have, could have, still can petition of the government for reparation based on that case. In my view, in our view, still can petition the, uh, that court for reparation. The only reason Thurgood Marshall, as far as I can tell in history, didn't petition the court was because of a threat from the court of racial unrest had he did so. In other words, uh, I didn't get uh, reparated uh, merely because of some threat of racial terrorism here in my home state of Georgia. Which continued unimpeded anyway 
after 1954. The racial terrorism that was threatened by uh, that justice to Thurgood Marshall, that racial terrorism continued throughout the South through the civil rights marches, through uh, uh, the 60s, uh, through uh, uh, the time uh, uh, where Kennedy had to send uh, federal troops down there to get uh, American Rockwood to send it to uh, the University of Alabama and other southern schools. Yeah. Yeah. So... We have to go on the offensive, y'all. Yeah, there. Everybody got all kinds of has all kind of great ideas that uh, what we need to be doing here in terms of uh, 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 you know just uh, developing our own uh, uh, community uh, uh, position within the society, uh, creating uh, businesses and doing this and that. We have to do all those things. We have to do all those things. Every piece of uh, uh, idea and imagination that we can put forward, we need to tie them all together. Aim all of them together. Tie all of them together uh, and proceed forward with one goal in mind, and that is to uh, prevent... uh, Tragedies like uh, uh, Trayvon Martin suffered from uh, happening again, and my idea, just my one idea, is that uh, to try our darnness uh, with all our might to uh, get this country to pay up uh, the reparation that I do. Me and millions of uh, other Americans of African descent who was uh, injured by the separate equal laws that. Uh, that Plessy uh, uh, put in place on a national uh, level. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's my uh, advocacy, and, and that's my uh, argument. We're going to challenge that, anyone. Uh, we're going to start a petition. We're going to start a drive and see how many people we can get signed up. I believe that... Uh, and we're going to coordinate with. We talked to uh, we're talking to several groups here, so we're going to get this thing coordinated here. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, get a petition of about four or five hundred thousand, maybe more than that. And I just so wish that the NAACP and I have wrote them uh, 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 with the uh, idea, but maybe uh, we'll do it on a, a small grassroots level, but. Uh, uh, there must be eight, nine million Americans of African descent born here in this country alive today, before 1954, and before my generation pass on. We can know, you know, <laughs> we can know. So we need to uh, get this thing done, uh, uh, get started on it, uh, uh, most haste uh, here. Uh, so we're going to be uh, putting some stuff up on our website. Go to hushmoblack.com. And we're going to be putting up petitions and uh, just uh, trying to partner with all other like-minded activist uh, groups out there in our community to join hands, uh, support uh, to support one another in our effort to uh, 
get uh, justice uh, and uh, economic justice because I believe uh, the only way that we can uh, uh, secure our place in the society is to become uh, economically uh, uh, to achieve parity economically and that would be our greatest uh, 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 our greatest uh, uh our greatest uh, ally in, and, and uh, uh, would be economic parity, which is, uh, and, and you know, this is not a new uh, new uh, train of thought. It's not a new train of thought. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, Frederick Douglass, an abolitionist, uh, had told Lincoln uh, before uh, and during that Civil War that the three things that uh, the slaves, the ex-slaves uh, would need uh, when they were uh, freed uh, after the Civil War, would be uh, would be uh, uh, number one to be educated, number two uh, to uh, have access to land, and number three was to uh, have access to a, 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 a small amount of capital to uh, integrate into other society. That those three things: education real estate and a small amount of capital to uh, uh, merge into the uh, a society and sustain themselves and grow into productive uh, citizens uh, of that society. Remember, they already uh, uh, was part of the society. They were uh, the labor force of the society in the South. About 95% of the labor for- force in the South they were. So they, you know, they they had all the skills to succeed uh, at that time uh, with uh, a cultivating, by the way, that 46 million acres. The white folks knew that. The slave owners knew that. Uh, they knew had they uh, uh, given uh, out loud uh, the, uh, the ex-slaves, the blacks, uh, 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 the ability to acquire the land, uh, the cheap labor was gone. Those black folks go. My family was going to go over there and get that land and uh, work that land, make money off that land, and uh, tell these people over here, "See you later," and uh, become productive citizens of the society, free from uh, uh, the auspices of the the old antebellum South society uh, that's the white folks to death here in the South, yeah. They uh, 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 was dead set against it and stopped it and stopped it. In cahoots with the Northern Industrialists, (laughs) in cahoots with the Northern Industrialists, they stopped, they got uh, that 46 million acres removed from, (laughs) they got that 46 million acres, y'all, removed from, They repealed it. They repealed that Southern Homestead Act in 1876. Y'all go check the history out. Yeah, don't take my word. Go check your history. They deprived us of that land, but in doing so, remember, you (laughs) you can't just deprive uh, a a segment of uh, your society and not uh, uh, hurt uh, the 
whole of society, y'all. You can't do it. And uh, sure enough, sure enough, so they left much, uh, as has been the case, as documented by my work and every other and hundreds of other uh, works on the subject matter about uh, the Negro problem, as uh, when Mr. Gunner Myrtle entitled his work, uh, In America Dilemma, the Negro Problem in and modern democracy. Now, you know, <laughs> yeah, the weird thinks of our democracy uh, is uh, racism here. Oh, no doubt. Today, now that, uh, uh, hey, uh, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, we just rambling on here, you uh. It's about 20 minutes till uh, 9, y'all. We're going to take a quick pause here. We're rambling on because we got started out here late, y'all. So we're trying to catch up. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me to hush, man. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
hung here in the south on the Plessia. Blacks got hung without uh, uh, the per- uh, without the perpetrators being uh, found guilty or anything. Yeah? Yeah, it wasn't just an isolated incident either. Blacks was hung and killed and under uh, Plessia. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that thing was akin to genocide. So there's no statute of limitation. There's no statute of limitation when uh, come to my right to petition uh, uh, the United States government uh, based on Brown, who overturned all that malarkey in 1954 for financial reparation, which uh, Thurgood Marshall and his team should have done then, uh, but was not did not because of threat. Uh, threat uh, from the government of some social uh, unrest. It's inexcusable that uh, we should have to suffer uh, 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 and uh, be deprived of uh, be deprived economically of uh, our right for. Uh, a reparation here. Of course, uh, the laws of uh, this country uh, had in place the under Pleasant that did so much uh, damage to our community. And we, one of the things that we're going to do on the Hurstmo Black Forum, we're dedicating our uh, future uh, efforts. we always been doing it, but in honor of uh, Trayvon uh, uh, Von, um, Martin, we redoubling our efforts to uh, uh, pursue this financial reparation we uh, know is due uh, for Americans of African descent born prior to 1954. We're going to start there, no doubt. All of those folks' descendants have a case. <laughs> Hey, all of those folks descendants have a case. We're just going to start with the eight million, eight to ten million Americans of African descent still alive today who was born before uh, 1954, and uh, uh, they were. I was directly injured here by uh, the separate equal laws in the country. And uh, is owed uh, financial reparation. Uh, had we got it, had we got forty six acres back in eighteen sixty six, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Uh, had this country did the right thing, and, and remember that American creed uh, was a moral self. Uh, uh, fulfilling prophecy, uh, that's the only one of them uh, that was. Uh, they invoked uh, the man upstairs in creating that uh, Declaration of Independence. Yes, they did. Uh, and uh, uh, he uh, intervened on their behalf. It uh, looked like he intervened on their behalf. Well, once he did that, uh, you can't, uh, can't double-cross <laughs> There's no double crossing uh, the man upstairs. They did it with wide open uh, uh, 
uh, intentions of uh, enslaving uh, uh, humans. Oh. <laughs> that thing played out. It played out, and uh, the man upstairs got back involved. Over time, over 200 years, he got back involved uh, and uh, brought that institutional slavery down you know, at the cost of some 600,000 lives. Oh, yeah, 600,000 lives were shed uh, to bring that institution down. You know? hey, yeah, man, man. Man didn't cause that war, yeah. Man didn't uh, orchestrate that uh, civil war. Man never would have. You think Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee would have went to war against each other and killed 600,000 of them over some uh, slaves down there in Georgia? No way. Oh, no way. we still be slaves. If, it, if, it had any, if Lincoln had anything to do with it, we'd still be slaves. All Lincoln wanted to do was preserve the Union to keep slavery from uh, uh, spreading uh, west of the Mississippi. Yeah. That's all Lincoln wanted to do. That's all Lincoln wanted to do was preserve the Union and keep slavery slavery from spreading to uh, the Western territories, period. That's all he wanted to do. He didn't matter. He that came to grips with the fact that the South could keep their slaves uh if we're going to have to go to war and kill a bunch of people, we ain't going to do that. Now, we will go to war. Lincoln told him, I will go to war and kill a bunch of you folks uh, if you try to secede from this union <laughs> or <laughs> uh, uh, illegally, uh, like you got, got in your mind and uh, uh, taking your uh, system of slavery uh, beyond the boundaries uh, uh, uh Beyond the boundaries that they exist in uh, today in your uh, territory, I, you, you can say that. No, no, South didn't want to hear that. Hold up, you going too far. You don't tell me nothing. We gonna take some of that western land out there. It's all open land that we gonna take our slaves with us. Uh, fire, fire on Fort something down there in South Carolina, yeah. War was on then. They all thought that that was going to be a short exercise in uh, in this thing. It was going to be short and quick, a month or so, a few hundreds, a couple hundred people injured and dead, and that thing would be over. And that thing would be over, and one way or the other, the union would be preserved and the rest is history. It didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. Once that thing got started, <laughs> man quickly lost control of it. Man quickly lost control of it. Because remember, Frederick Douglass had told them <laughs> eight years before that war that uh, the man upstairs uh was involved in this thing already. In 1852, he told him the man upstairs was involved in this thing because you got five million slaves on there praying to him for their salvation. And he heard it. You know, the man, you, 
You can't have five million people praying to God Almighty for their salvation if He's not here and He's not acting on it. That can't happen. So that war, that civil war, got uh, 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 that civil war came about because of the prayers of. Uh, the family of slaves, the family of people, uh, children of God who was uh, in bondage here in the South, much like uh, the Hebrews uh, over there, the Israelites over there in uh, Egypt. God had heard their prayer. Abraham Lincoln said in the second inaugural address that neither the Southern whites for the northern whites who was praying also to God received the full answer that they sought from God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, in that civil war, both of them praying to the same God for each uh, of their own salvation. God didn't answer either one of them, not fully. And so says Abraham Lincoln. God did answer the prayers of the slaves and emancipated them. Yeah, it takes some doing. I mean, yeah, it takes some lives. It takes some lives, about 600,000 to get it done. We got we got a determined God, yeah. He ain't going when he did. Hey, Lincoln was having nightmares. The movie Lincoln, y'all, I, I come back to it, the movie Lincoln, that movie that Spielberg put out there last year, talking about the last three months of Lincoln's life, this whole struggle, those last three months was coming to grips with nightmares that he was having of trying to make sense of why that civil war was continuing uh, at that time, some five years old and over 500,000 folks dead. Uh, he was wrestling with it, having nightmares uh, about why they couldn't uh, bring that war to an end. The reason was, obviously, the lone hand, uh, arm of uh, the man upstairs was directing traffic and uh, uh, uh let Lincoln know that he had to get that 13th Amendment in, in that Constitution. He had to get that thing put in place uh, before that war would end. Uh, that, that's what happened, y'all. Hey, that's a short story, y'all. We got to go. We ran up against it, y'all. We'll be back next week, July 27th. We're going to finish uh, this Trayvon Martin and where we're at as a community, as a society, as uh, it pertains to racism and how the country today and uh, is uh, reacting to it. Next week, y'all, we'll be back. Until then, you got me. Ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.